I'm Amanda Olberg, Managing Editor of Education Next. We invite you to join this week's Education Next podcast, available online Wednesday morning each week at educationnext.org. The spring 2016 issue of Education Next is devoted to commemorating the 50th anniversary of the Coleman Report, a landmark study of equality of educational opportunity in the U.S., led by sociologist James S. Coleman. The Coleman Report is often associated with the claim that schools don't matter much when it comes to explaining how students perform academically. But is that a fair summary of what Coleman actually wrote? Or did he acknowledge that certain aspects of school quality, and in particular the quality of teachers, can and do make a difference? And how have Coleman's conclusions about the role of teachers stood up over time? I'm Marty West, Associate Editor of Education Next, and joining me today is Dan Goldhaber of the American Institutes for Research and the University of Washington. Dan is the author of In Schools, Teacher Quality Matters Most, which appears in the journal's spring 2016 issue and is available at www.educationnext.org. Thanks, Dan, for taking the time to talk. My pleasure, Marty. So the Coleman Report is often credited and often criticized for concluding that schools don't matter, but you point out that the actual text is a good deal more nuanced. What did Coleman actually say? So, yeah, um, Coleman actually never said some of what's been suggested, i.e. that schools don't matter. Um, Rather than uh, use um, my interpretation, what I'll tell you is, is that Coleman, what he said directly, he said, schools are remarkably similar in the way that they relate to the achievement of their pupils when socioeconomic background of students is taken into account um, when you're controlling for those statistical factors. It appears that the differences between schools account for only a small fraction of the differences in pupil achievement. But he did not say schools don't matter. He just suggested that um, schools may have played a lesser role than what's going on in uh, students' lives at home or in their community. And the other key phrase that you read there is, I think, differences between schools, right? Yeah, that's actually really, really important because the the data that um, Coleman was using didn't really allow him to suss out the important differences in schooling resources, i.e. teachers, that exist um, within schools. And so that was a, a limitation of the study and, and may help explain um, some of his conclusions. So he was looking at average resources in a school or in, in- the case of teachers, the average characteristics of teachers in a school and looking at how that relates to student achievement. But if what really matters is which teacher you're assigned within a school, then his approach would miss that altogether. That's right. And since that time, what have we learned about you know, how much it matters which teacher within a school you're assigned to? Well, we, we've, um, well first I should say that he, he, in fact, did conclude that some teacher characteristics appeared to be associated with student achievement. In particular, um, he found some um, strong associations with uh, teachers, measures of teachers' verbal skills. Um, but uh, as to your, your specific question, we found um, that individual teachers matter a good deal for student achievement um, when you're, you're measuring st- student achievement as, as standardized test scores um, or other kinds of outcomes, um, like you know, the likelihood that they, uh, they drop out, for instance. And we found that 
the value added of teachers um, looks like it predicts a whole host of very important later life outcomes. And, and, and that's really the um, impact of teachers on the whole, which should be thought of distinctly as the association between particular teacher characteristics and student achievement. So teachers, their, their overall effect on students seems to matter, but there's not necessarily a very strong relationship between the kind of characteristics that we use for determining you know, employment eligibility or compensation. Um, that those don't seem strongly connected to uh, student achievement. So if what really matters is which teacher in a given building you're assigned to, that you know, implies there's a lot of variation in the quality of teaching from one classroom to the next. What does that imply about the role principals play? Does it mean that they're not particularly important? Otherwise, wouldn't we see much more consistent levels of instructional quality throughout a school building? So I think that uh, the the evidence on principles is is much newer than the evidence on teacher quality, and it's actually I think a, a tougher nut to um, determine what is the overall impact of of principal quality on on student achievement, both because there are fewer of them than there are teachers, but also their impact is likely to. to um, come through at least two distinct routes, one being the kind of um, academic environment that they create in the school while there, um, and, and you can think of that broadly um, as their effect perhaps on you know, teacher collegiality and teachers working together and, and the ways that those things are likely to affect students, but also over a longer time span, you know, you, you think that um, a primary way that principals could affect uh, student achievement is by selecting different personnel or deselecting personnel out of a school, so changing the, the mix of people who are there. And so it's a little harder to, to, to pin down narrowly what effect principals are having. I would say that the, the evidence that's come out thus far suggests that, the, that principals do, in fact, have a significant impact on student achievement. Um, and, and we can detect that from very large data sets. But like I said, we're really at the beginning of research, so I, this issue of longer-run impacts and, and changing the mix of people in the school, uh, I don't think we know a lot about that now. I also think that there's probably some context that would affect how much influence principals can have. So, for instance, if a, if a collective bargaining agreement gives principals um, less ability to um, hire or fire teachers, you might expect a principal, therefore, to have less um, impact on student achievement. So it may be that we're studying how much principals have in a current policy environment and not understanding how much impact they could have in a different policy environment. Now. One of the things that I found fascinating about your article was that you explained how Coleman had paid particular attention to the fact that many teachers in schools, especially the schools in which African-American students were being educated, were drawn from the local community and uh, that this had sort of important implications for understanding um, the nature of teacher labor markets. I found that fascinating because I thought that was discovered about five years ago in a much more recent paper that got a lot of attention for uncovering the so-called draw of home. So 
what is the draw of home and, and why is it important? Well, uh, so, so as you said, I too had thought that this was a pretty recent finding. Um, the finding being that teachers are very likely to be employed in the um, same neighborhoods in which they grew up. Oftentimes they went to the, you know, the same high schools as the school system where they, they um, get employed in and or attended teacher education programs in the same area in which they ultimately get employed. And I think there are several implications um, that, that fall into the realm of speculation uh, uh, that, that are derived from that finding. So one m implication m might be uh, about the the nature of um, the how far and wide schools look when they're trying to find teacher talent. Um, at least the evidence would suggest that that they're not looking far and wide, um, at, or and or aren't able to hire people from far and wide, given that most of the people that are employed um, are local to the to the labor market. Another implication, which I would say has not received a lot of attention, is that it turns out that where teachers do their student teaching or where they did their student teaching is, is highly related to where they end up. And, and actually, this is some work that I did with colleagues where we find that student teaching placements are more predictive of where somebody's going to be employed than um, where they grew up or where they do their, their teacher training. Now, that has a real important implication for the equity of, of teachers across students um, because it's not random where people do their, their student teaching. Um, and it has implications for uh, schools that are struggling to, um, to hire teachers because a lot of schools end up hiring the teachers who did their student teaching in the very same school or school district. So I, again, I think that's a, a relatively <laughs> new finding, um, that some of those nuances, but it's really astounding that this actually showed up in the Coleman, re Coleman report um, years and years and years earlier. So let's talk to, uh, let's turn the conversation to present day policy choices. And you conclude your article by noting that the federal government with the adoption of the Every Student Succeeds Act has really taken a step back when it comes to telling states what they should do with respect to both teacher certification and teacher evaluation, something that uh, it had taken a more assertive role under, uh, on under the Obama administration. So states have a lot of decisions to make right now. How should they think about maintaining a focus on teacher quality, given what we've learned about its importance? Well, I mean, I, I think everything from that's happened from Coleman on suggests that, that teacher quality is kind of the, the linchpin schooling resource. So I would say that a, a focus on teacher quality is, is certainly supported by all the research. And, and in particular, um, I would say that states should really pay attention to teacher evaluation. Now, of course, teacher evaluation, evaluation reform was one of um, the, the emphases of, of race to the top. And um, one of the things that was pushed under the NCLB waivers, the evidence that I've seen suggests that there is a lot of action around reforming 
evaluation systems, but that hasn't really led to a good deal more uh, distinction amongst um, teachers in terms of their performance. And I just um, put a shout out to a, a new paper by um, Matt Kraft on, on this topic called the the widget report revisited or something, something along those lines that suggests mm-hmm. that most states have, have actually not reformed the percentage of teachers that fall into different performance categories. So, so the task is to come up with evaluation systems that actually make differentiation between teachers at performing at different levels? Yeah, I, I mean, to me, that is a real key to improving the quality of the teacher workforce no matter how you think about improvement. And I'll, I'll give you just a few examples. There's a big push to, to change um, teacher education and make ed- teacher education more connected to the outcomes of teachers in the workforce. But if, if the evaluation system suggests that all teachers are the same, then you really can't use those performance measures to change teacher education. If you want to inform professional development based on, on teacher performance, same deal. Um, you, you, I would think, would need to differentiate performance in order to, to think about what kind of professional development teachers get so that it's, it's targeted towards their individual needs. There are a couple places um, where it looks like um, evaluation systems have really fundamentally changed and it's resulted in, uh, in different performance evaluation, um, differentiated performance evaluations. Um, and, and I would um, throw out uh, Washington, D.C. as an example um, where it looks like it makes a difference in terms of student achievement as well. Um, but again, in most places, uh, we, haven't, we haven't really seen that despite all the action focused on teacher evaluation. And by action, you, I think you're referring to the creation of new systems that in many cases place an explicit weight on teachers' value added to student achievement whenever that's possible, which is in many cases only in a limited number of grades and subjects. But it seems like what we're learning is that step, regardless of whether it's right or wrong, is certainly not sufficient to produce differentiation. I th- well, uh, yes, I definitely agree with that. Um, but but beyond, beyond that step, I would say that a lot of places have revamped the way that they, they also do um, teacher observations in the hope that the observational ratings would be more differentiated. So value-added, of course, you know, creates this distribution. Um, that's not necessarily the case with the, the teacher observations. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that until we get that kind of differentiation, um, I don't necessarily expect other kind of big improvements in teacher workforce quality. So are you optimistic or pessimistic that without the federal government looking over their shoulders, states will be able to find new solutions to this problem? I think what the evidence over the last couple, five years or so have suggested is that the, the, the problem being lack of differentiation is not a technical problem. It is more of a, a culture and political problem. And what we've learned is that it's hard for the federal government to, to, to force change top down. 
and yet um, I think we've known for a good many years that there wasn't differentiation. Um, so so I, I, I'm feeling a little pessimistic because, you know, it, it seems to me that if states had states had the opportunity to change things before before the Fed stepped in and said, you really need to focus on this, and, and most had systems that did, did not differentiate. Now the, the Feds have put the uh, onus back on the states. I'm worried that they will ease off the pedal because this has been a very controversial area. Well, time will tell. Uh, it certainly has been controversial and will remain so, uh, but James Coleman told us it was important. Uh, researchers like you have confirmed that's the case, and uh, hopefully we'll continue to make progress steadily over time. Uh, Dan, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us. Yes, my, my pleasure to be here. And again, Dan's article, In Schools, Teacher Quality Matters Most, is available right now on the journal's website, educationnext.org. Thank you for tuning in to Education Next's weekly podcast, released every Wednesday morning. For more on education reform, visit us online, educationnext.org. <laughs>